0: Welcome to U.S. Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. In this episode, the Silver Star returns from Tampa to Lakeland, where we encounter a thunderstorm as we continue our journey north towards DeLand. For the first time I've noticed the driver on the horn. I'm sure he's been on the horn quite regularly since we left Miami. But this is the first time I've actually heard it. Just past an estate of new houses being built Looks like it's all bits from kits. A bit of woodland between us and a factory, and it looked like there were some people living down there in the woodland. Passing a place equivalent of a quick fit, except that they do a ten-minute oil change as well as tires. By the road, just to the left of us now, is the drive Martin Luther King. we just passed train number 91, which is a southbound New York to Miami train. Sounds as though there are some quite large groups of people getting on the train at some of the next few stops, including a 37 person scout troop. So the train team have been working out how best to load everybody so we're not delayed for ages. I was thinking it was getting dark quite early, but it's been pouring with rain. The ground is glistening as we go past in the lights that have come on on some of the buildings. We've rejoined the main line and we're making our way into Lakeland again. It's nearly two hours since we last left Lakeland to go on our trip up to Tampa to come back to exactly the same place. The rain is now trickling down the windows because we've slowed right down as we come into the station. Not the most beautiful of evenings. But where better to be than in a train watching the rain on the outside? So now we pick up the passengers in Lakeland who are getting on to travel north with us. And I suppose, if you forgot to get off last time, you could get off now. saw a flash i thought it was something electrical it was a loud clap of thunder immediately after it, it must be right above us and looking at the road on the left out of the window the water is pouring like a river we've just moved forwards i'm assuming that the lakeland platform is quite short and that the train has to make two stops in order to pick up everybody Or it may be that the platform at Lakeland is the normal length, but because they've added extra coaches onto this train, it's now too long. Our next stop's in about an hour and a half's time, when we get to Kissimmee. But at the moment it's still pouring with rain, and there's standing water on the dual carriageway. In fact, the last lot of standing water is just by a road junction. I hope nobody has to brake hard, because they could end up aquaplaning. I would hope that this rain is clearing the air a bit, and that the humidity level is dropping. Getting up speed again. The rain is really pouring down there. You can hardly see out of the windows, it's so heavy. The sky is brightening. The rain is easing off. It's not pouring down the windows like it was earlier. It's still pretty dingy, but it is getting better. We've just passed through a modern railway station which, I presume, must be part of the Sunrail network. We should be approaching Kissimmee. Kissimmee was originally founded in the mid-19th century as Allendale. In 1881, the state of Florida contracted with Hamilton Diston to drain its southern swampland, in return for half of all the drained land. The deal made him the largest landowner in the United States, and it triggered the state's first land boom and the establishment of numerous towns and cities. Diston based his operation in the small town. A steamboat industry and a shipyard soon sprang up to support the transport of people and goods along the newly dredged waterway. After the railways arrived, cattle and citrus packing became important, until tourism, following the opening of Walt Disney World in 1971. All the crew who've got to go and stand on the platform seem to be putting on raincoats. I assume they're hoping to stay dry. As we slowly coast to a halt, the sky is clearing up, though the rain's still coming down quite heavily, and part of our train is definitely across the road. So we're going to have to pull forwards to let some of the passengers on the train. Kissimmee Station was originally built in 1883. It was replaced by the current station, an Atlantic coastline depot, in 1910. The station was restored in 1976, but there was some damage to the canopy during the 2004 Atlantic hurricane season. The station is located across the road from a Greyhound bus stop, and the single platform crosses Dakin Avenue and runs as far west as Monument Avenue. As part of the phase 2 expansion of the Sunrail Commuter System opened on the 30th of July 2018, the station has had upgrades including the addition of a 381 space park and ride car park, a bus drop-off area and a second track and two raised side platforms. These changes are part of the city of Kissimmee's long-range plans for an intermodal center the station was used by 35,726 Amtrak passengers in 2019. The next station along the line on the Sunrail commuter route is called Tupperware. So, 25 minutes late now, we leave Kissimmee Station. The rain looks like it has just about stopped. There's definitely light in the clouds and it's brightening up. Hopefully, by the time we reach Orlando, where there are a number of groups joining the train, the range may have stopped, and therefore the team won't get soaked on the platform. We appear to be passing a CSX freight depot, a couple of diesel locomotives I've seen, and an awful lot of trucks. The sun is out brightly. It must be approaching Orlando. I think there are about 127 passengers joining the train here. I suppose it's the end of their week at Disneyland. Trademark Metals Recycling, my first good scrap yard. you step down the or to smoke in Orlando, please listen up for the this is Orlando. So here we are, we've arrived at Orlando at about the time we should have departed from Orlando. So we're running a few minutes late. The city of Orlando has many tourist attractions, including the Walt Disney World Resort, the Universal Orlando Resort, and SeaWorld Orlando. More than 48 million visitors travel to these attractions each year. Apart from tourism, there's a huge convention business, and there are firms such as Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, and Westinghouse the Embry-Riddle University specializes in aeronautical training. The Orlando Health Amtrak station, also known as Orlando Station, is served by Amtrak and Sunrail commuter services, as well as local and intercity buses. It was built in 1926 in the Spanish mission style, and the station is approximately one mile south of downtown Orlando, near the campus of Orlando Health. The station is Amtrak's fifth busiest in the southeastern United States, and their second busiest station in Florida, after Sanford Station, which is serviced by the auto train. In 2014, the city of Orlando started a project to build a second platform for use by the new SunRail commuter rail service. The station was officially renamed Orlando Health Amtrak station due to its proximity to the main Orlando Health Hospital campus, Orlando Regional Medical Center, the Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children and the Winnie Palmer Hospital for Women and Babies. The revamped station opened on May first, 2014. In August 2014, the city announced a $2.1 million station restoration project, the first major renovation since 1990. This project included fixing cracks and leaks in the stucco walls and the roof tiles, pavement repairs, toilet upgrades, repainting, restoration of the original 1926 wooden doors and windows, and the replacement and relocation of the air conditioning system which allowed the original entrance on the side of the building to be reopened. The work which began on September 24th 2014 took 9 months to complete. The station was used by over 127,000 passengers for Amtrak services in 2019. Orlando's a crew change stop, so our conductors and I presume the engineer have all left the train Because new conductors have just got on As we sit here at Orlando station, it's turning out to be quite a pleasant evening now The Sun's definitely creeping out from behind the few clouds that are left in the sky I'm beginning to wonder whether our train's taken root here in Orlando. We've been here a long time, and in fact we should have been through the next station along the line by now. I know 127 people were joining the train, but surely they don't take this long to get on. Well, we finally get to leave Orlando Station 43 minutes late. It's a nice-looking station, though. In fact, this part of town looks quite pleasant. Having left Orlando, we're now proceeding at a sedate pace out of town, towards our next stop at Winter Park. I think some of the curves round here must be quite tight, because I've been able to hear the wheels squealing. The dining car is quite busy this evening. I think it's a lot of the people who got on in Orlando have come for something to eat. Winter Park is a station after Orlando, and the Charles Hosmer Morse Museum of American Art in Winter Park houses the largest collection of Tiffany glass on earth. The city has more park space per capita than any other city in Florida, possibly because it was the first centrally planned community in the state. The scenic old Winter Park area features winding brick streets and a canopy of oak trees draped with Spanish moss. The original Winter Park station was built in 1882 by the South Florida Railroad, ten years after it built a line from Sanford to Orlando. This was replaced in 1913 by the Atlantic Coastline Railroad and included a freight depot which was used until 1982. A modern station was then built by the Atlantic coastline in 1962. In February 2013, work began on a new $1.2 million station building designed in the craftsman style to better blend with the city's architecture. Following the grand opening of the new station on March 3rd, 2014, the 1962 station was closed and demolished. Winter Park Station was used by over 27,000 Amtrak passengers in 2019. It is now completely dark and therefore it is very difficult to tell you what's passing us by outside. Occasionally we cross a well-lit road on a level crossing with flashing lights. Sometimes we pass through an estate of houses, again lit on a Saturday evening but when we're out of town in the rural suburbs, it's much more difficult to see what we're passing. We've certainly got a bit of speed going at the moment. As you can hear, we're rattling along the tracks. Still quite a few people here in the dining car, people chatting to each other. People relaxing. We seem to slow down somewhat from the rapid pace that we were rattling along at a few minutes ago. I wonder if this is because we're coming into the outskirts of Diland. So they've just announced Diland, our next destination. 50 minutes late. I wonder how late or on time we'll be by the time we get to New York. We're about 300 miles into our journey and the town is the home to Stetson University, named after the famous hat maker. It's also home to the Museum of Florida Art. The town was founded by baking soda magnate Henry DeLand and was the first city in Florida to have electricity. It contains many fine examples of Mediterranean Revival-style architecture. The station, originally built in 1918, is about three miles west of downtown, at the location previously known as Deland Junction. It is scheduled to be served by the Sunrail commuter rail service sometime in the future. The station was rebuilt in 1988 and restored in 2006. In 2019, it was used by nearly 20,500 passengers. I thank all the passengers and crew aboard Amtrak's Silver Star train that left Miami on Saturday, the 25th of June. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment.